Uh, before I get to my next guest, Darren Pang, I want to give a shout-out to a few of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment? Maybe a new driver? Well, I'll tell you what, let me reset your thinking, because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented square toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent tests prove it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com and get Squares 30-day money-back guarantee. Use promo code DISTANCE for $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. And folks, I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't experience it for myself. I've never felt more stable in my golf swing, which allows me to swing faster and launch it further. Squares, the distance golf shoe. I also want to give a shout out to another new sponsor, Bionic Gloves. Do what you do better with Bionic Gloves. Whether you're looking to own the golf greens, improve your workouts, or get your hands dirty in the garden, Bionic Gloves has you covered. Designed with a hand specialist, Bionic Gloves feature patented innovations that help improve your grip. The strategically placed anatomical relief pads also prevent calluses and blisters while the web and motion zones allow for greater dexterity and flexibility. Head over to BionicLoves.com to find the perfect glove to up your game. And I want to remind you about our friends over at Zexio. In 2001, Zexio Strixon began making clubs for men and women, and they've improved on those clubs every year since. Every part of Zexio clubs are made exclusively for Zexio. Everything is light and balanced. Swing weights are made to give us the highest smash factors. And the best part of getting fit for Zexio Clubs is hitting it higher and straighter than ever before, changing your game. Zexio Clubs are a Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner for 2021. Congratulations to Zexio Ambassador MB Park for her five-stroke victory earlier this year at the Kia Classic. It was her 21st victory, and she did so using Zexio 11 Woods and 10 Irons. See how Zexio can help your game as well. Go online to ZexioUSA.com and pick which set is right for you. All right, now next on the tee with me is former Chicago Blackhawks goalie and now a member of the St. Louis Blues broadcasting team, and that's Darren Pang. Darren grew up in Nepean, Ontario. He played youth hockey for the Nepean Raiders alongside Red Wings Hall of Famer Steve Eiserman and a guy who is a great friend of the show, Dan Quinn. Darren was the first goalie drafted by the expansion Belleville Bulls for the Ontario Hockey League. In 1984, he helped the Ottawa 67s win the OHL's Memorial Cup, and he was named top goalie and to the All-Star team as well. He was signed as a free agent by the Blackhawks that season, got called up and played one game for the Blackhawks in 1984, but was there full-time starting in 1987. Got his first win that year in October against the Winnipeg Jets. He set a Blackhawks record with six assists as a goalie that season. Played until 1990 when a knee injury ended his career. Now you can hear Darren broadcasting for the St. Louis Blues, the NHL Network, and Sportsnet. He will forever live in my heart for the great job he's done during the Winter Olympics. And I'm very honored to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Darren, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, that was quite an introduction. I got to tell you, that's, uh, that's more than I deserve. But, uh, a pleasure. I know we've been working on this for a little bit of time. And, uh, and so for that, I'm, I'm thankful to come on the show. 
Well, thank you very much. And Darren, um, before we get into your playing career in, in, the, in the NHL and your hockey life, uh, you've got a relationship with Mira Golf, and, and i got to know, you and Dan Quinn playing around the golf. I'm sure you've teed it up with Danny several times. Who, who's walking mm-hmm. away with the money on the 18th green? No, uh, he, he's always walked away with the money. You know, it's, it's funny that Danny Quinn and I played hockey together in Ottawa. Um, we were probably seven, six or seven years of age. He's a year younger than I am. And so every other year I would jump up, um, and then he would jump up. So we'd always play, you know, at, at that particular point. And, and then I, he left when I, we were 12 or 13. He left for London, Ontario. And when he went to London, he really picked up golf and he, um, he became an outstanding uh, amateur and junior golfer in Canada. And every time we got together after that, I would play tennis or lacrosse, and I played all kinds of sports. And Danny would always say to me, come on, let's play some golf. And I, I would think back then, I'm like, golf? What is, like, we're not playing golf. That's, that, you know, we can't. And we're, let's do something active. And anyway, let's play squash or something. And, uh, and, and oh, as the years have gone on, I mean, Danny and I have never, ever, lost touch um and we talked quite often i was just in florida uh boy might might have been a couple of months ago i go down marty broder is actually at pine tree in boynton beach and uh while we were there we hooked up with danny and uh i hate to be a name dropper because this is terrible but uh, wayne gretzky was also in town and so we got together this group and we had so much fun playing golf but who walks away with the money Quinter always walks away with the money on the golf course. He's a great golfer, but uh, more than more than anything, as you well know, uh, he's a he's a wonderful person to be around, and especially on the golf course where that's I think that's his common ground. That's where he's at his very best, and he's such a he he just he thinks of everybody else when he's on the golf course. So uh, so I would say Quinter for sure takes the takes the cash. So let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple of things we've mentioned so far, and you just mentioned Wayne Gretzky, and I know. Uh, you worked doing color commentary for the Coyotes back when, when Wayne, Wayne was there and uh, as their head coach. So talk about playing golf, you know, with Wayne Gretzky. What's that like? It is fantastic. Uh, in fact, he's, you know, as you know, I'm in St. Louis here and, and Wayne, um, owns a home here with Janet. And so they spend an awful lot of time here. So, um, he plays out of a club called Old Warson, uh, country club, which, uh, I believe it hosted the 1971 Ryder Cup, um, just a beautiful country club. So he's been playing out of there and, and over at Boone Valley. So I get a chance to play with Wayne quite a bit when we're here. And um, to play with Wayne is just a great experience because he uh, loves his cigars. He loves to have fun. He loves to tell stories. And he's competitive as, as, as all heck, as you well, as anybody would w- well understand. So um, that part of it is great. In fact, Marty Brodeur also lives here in, uh, in St. Louis. And so I play an awful lot of golf with Marty as well. Um, so we've got a really good setup here in St. Louis. Um, some wonderful golf courses. Um, in fact, I just played one of the, one of the greats at Charles Blair McDonald this afternoon, uh, St. Louis Country Club. So, uh, Seth Rayner and Charles Blair McDonald Club and, uh, just beautiful right in the heart of the financial district here in, in St. Louis. So. Um, if, 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 if you're, any of your listeners haven't been here or they know somebody, there's, there's a lot of great courses here. And Darren, when we started communicating, you mentioned that you're a social ambassador for Mira Golf and how much you love their golf clubs. How'd you get involved with them? Uh, it was, 
a while ago, I was working with uh, the Arizona Coyotes at the time as a broadcaster, and Grant Fear was our goalie coach. And in the summertime, he said, "Hey, would you would you want to come to Vancouver and play in one of uh you know my charity event there?" Um, and it just so happened about two weeks earlier than that, um, Fred Fred Couples is a good friend of of Gretz's, and and so um, we end up playing. Oh, I don't know what courses we played out there, but we I think we might have played Silverleaf for a couple of courses. And and I looked at his clubs. I said, Freddie, those aren't those clubs that that had the name on them. And I said, what are those? And he, and he told me the whole story about Mira. And he said, you know, a lot of guys use mirrors, and they might get you know uh, their product stamped on the Mira clubs. And I said, that's unbelievable. I said, those look beautiful. And uh, so anyway, we were talking about that. It wasn't two weeks later that I end up playing in Vancouver, and the and I, I meet this this fella. Uh, his name is Bill Holowaty. He's the COO of Mira, and he's got these beautiful blades sitting on his on, on his golf bag. And we start talking, and uh, you know, like you know, I, I, this world is so small. But um, I, a kid that was the third overall draft pick of the Coyotes, Kyle Turris, is from that Vancouver area, and I actually had him. He lived at the house, but he just made it as a as a as a pro just for you know four or five months just before he could get his house settled, and we just try to help him out a little bit. Um, and so, uh, so this guy knew Kyle really well. And I said, what a small world. That's great. And then I, I, I went on about the Mira clubs and he goes, tell you what, I'll send you a couple of six irons with different shafts. And what do you like? And I said, I like them two degrees flat and I'm only five, four and a half. So I, I always have them a little. And, uh, I, I said, that would be great. Well, from that point on, I have used Mira clubs. I have not stopped one bit. I've not put, you know, another iron into my, into my bag of clubs over the years. And, and that's, that's how I've done it. And, and obviously, you know, in order to be an ambassador, you, you know, you, you send out a few pictures here or there and you tell people about your clubs and, and uh, you just, you, you don't have to do very much with mirror because they're such beautiful irons, especially, and uh, they sell themselves. So I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to use them and, and uh, you know, and, and, and be part of mirror because I, I think it's, I, I think they're just fantastic irons. And, and so if people haven't seen them, uh, you know, you can get on Instagram or you can get on Twitter or whatever, get on mirrorgolf.com and, and take a look at them because they're just quite beautiful. Darren, I want to go back and let's talk about, uh, your hockey career. And as I'm sure people are, are curious, a guy five, five, what, what, 134, I believe you were when you, when you came into the <laughs> league. How, yeah. how does that work out to, to be, uh, it's not the typical goalie measurement. Talk about how that became your position of choice. Well, it's, it's funny when, when, you know, when I was playing junior hockey and, and breaking in, I didn't think I was this small, uh, until I actually saw a lot of pictures of me when I made it. And, uh, I'm thinking to myself, boy, that net looks really big behind me. But, you know, in my era, I'll be quite honest with you, goalies were a little bit smaller. They weren't five foot four and a half or five five, but they were probably five seven to five ten. The John Van Beesbrook, the Mike Vernon, um, you know, goalies like that, um, were, you know, they weren't the biggest guys. And now in the NHL, they want defensemen that are that small and goalies that are six foot six now. So it's been a remarkable change, but I was very, very lucky to be able to, to, to get a chance to play in the NHL because, you know, I signed with the Blackhawks after we won the Memorial Cup. I got a $2,500 signing bonus. I called the general manager, Bob Pulford, and I was nearly in tears. I was so thankful to get a bonus. The funny part is he told me I could buy a nice sports car with it. And I had to kind of go, 
I'm not sure what kind of sports car I'm getting with $2,500, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'll take the bonus and I'll, you know, then I ended up going to Chicago for my first training camp in 84 and I got sent down to Milwaukee and then I got recalled because our other goalie, Jim Ralph, got injured. So I got a chance there and then the playoffs started and I, they called me up because I was, I was the third goalie. So I, I, I got to experience you know, how great these players were, Denny Stavard and Doug Wilson and Steve Larmer. Um, man, we, we, Troy Murray was such a great player, Bob Murray as well. So, you know, I got to learn a little bit and then I got sent down the next year to Saginaw. Then I got sent down the next year to Saginaw and then I got <laughs> moved ahead that same year to Halifax. And from Halifax, I got recalled to Chicago and then I got sent back to Halifax for the playoffs and, uh, uh, the next year I, I came into Chicago again and I had a really good camp and I ended up making the team. So, you know, I had coaches that believed it didn't matter how big or small I was. One man in particular is Wayne Thomas, former NHL goalie, was our goalie coach. And he really went to bat for me. He coached against me in the minors for three years. He believed in what I was all about. He thought I was ready for it. And uh he put a stake in the ground for me and I'm forever thankful for that because I'm not sure um, if there was somebody else there that I would have ever got a chance, uh, to even play. I only played 81 games in the NHL, but that's a, that's still, when I think back at it, that's a lot of games for a guy that probably shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. So I'm, I'm pretty thankful for that. And Darren, you mentioned some of the great coaches you got to play for. Brian Kilray is probably one of the great junior coaches of all time. Talk about playing for, uh, for him. Wow. Brian Kilray was, is, is, the very best, the greatest coach I ever had. Um, we have so many guys that have come, at, you know, from our team um, that are prominent NHLers. Bruce Cassidy, you know, the head coach of the Boston Bruins and a coach of the year and took the Bruins to the Stanley Cup final. A dear, a really dear friend of mine. Um, and he's one of them. And then, you know, when I think back at um, other guys, I think back at, you know, Brad Shaw, he's an assistant coach with, with, uh, with Columbus and he's fantastic. Um, I just, uh, they're just, I, I just, you know, that, that group and Bruce, I, I tell you what about Brian Kilray. Brian Kilray could take you to the highest level. And when you got a little too high and full of yourself, he could drop you down a notch and then he could kick you in the stomach a little bit and then he could push you back up again. So if you understand what that is, that's, that's really hard to do, but he did it incredibly well. Um, and still to this day, I'm, I'm good friends with Brian Kilray. And Darren, I heard for your first game with the Blackhawks, you go out there, no paying on the back of the jersey. How can an NHL <laughs> team send a player out there, no paying on the back? What's up with that? And do you, do you believe that? Because, it, I mean, how, how do you not have, it's only four letters. Like, seriously, it's not like, Joe Newendike or something like that, or it's not like it's not it's not Van it's not Van Beesbrook or something like that. So, um, you know, I I I I got it. My first game was in Minnesota. That was when I started. But the the first game in I was against Montreal at home in Chicago Stadium, and Larry Robinson was with Montreal Canadiens at the time, and he pulled uh, Doug Wilson, which was our best defenseman, and they knew each other real well. And he said he said Willie. He says, where is the other half of your goalie? And I thought that was the funniest line ever. <laughs> and the way he said it, and Doug Wilson, he couldn't wait to tell me that story, which I thought was great. But the next night, uh, we were in Minnesota. And the the, the coach, Bob Pulpert, says, you, 
get ready. You're going to start this game. So I, so I start the game. And once again, the second game, I don't have my name on the back of my sweater. And so I'm in Minnesota at the Met Center and there's, and, and, uh, there was a little bit of a break in the action. It must have been a commercial break or whatever. So it was very quiet. And all I could hear is some guy in the stands say, Hey, Pang, the Peewees are on next. You know, one of those statements. And I kind of look up and I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be a fun ride for me. And, uh, so that was another good line that I, that I heard along the way. So I've heard them all and I've enjoyed them all. But, uh, uh, yeah, do you believe that your first NHL game and you don't have the name on the back of your sweater? And that's, now, I, I mean, that's embarrassing to be quite honest with you, but it, it tells a good story anyway. Darren, I was looking at a lot of your highlights as I was preparing for the show, and I want to take you back to 1987. You're in goal for the Blackhawks. It's late November against the Kings. Bobby Carpenter gets a pass right in front of the net, sort of deeks left and comes back you know, to a nearly wide open net on the right side. And you sprawl back over and make an amazing glove save. Do you remember that play? Oh my goodness. Wow. You saw that? Yeah, I do remember that play. Um, I remember it because Bob Mason started the game and I replaced him and Bob Mason and I are good friends and he's an avid golfer, by the way. This guy loves golf. He kind of got me going really into golf as well. Um, passionate Minnesota guy. Um, that day, Bob forgot to tell me that he'd never completed a game in LA. So, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to go to Venice Beach for the day. I mean, I've never been to L.A. before in my life. And so me and Steve Thomas, who was injured at the time, um, belongs to a great country club, by the way, uh, Toronto Golf Club, one of the oldest in, uh, in North America. So anyway, Steve Thomas says, let's, let's, go, let's go to the beach and we'll go walk around. I said, great. We go to the beach. It's beautiful. Neither one of us put any kind of lotion on our head, and, and I'm lacking hair as it is. I go back to the room. I might have catch, you know, catch a half an hour, just little close my eyes for a second. Then we get on the team bus, get, get to the game and get going. And what, 10 minutes into the game, Bob Mason gets pulled. He gives up three goals. The boys are looking at my head. Now it's really red because I am burnt. So I put on the mask. I get out on the, I get out there. I had brand new white pads on. I just got them. I'd never worn them in a game before. And Bobby Carpenter had that move. I actually kind of slipped. He tried to pull it to the one side. I was kind of on the ice and it lands right in my glove. So I end up playing really well that game and they start me the next night or two nights later or whatever it might have been in Edmonton. And with these, these white pads that I had, um, that were the best pads I've ever had. I went into Edmonton and, uh, we lost the game 4-3, but it was the Gretzky heyday of 1987. And I had 54 shots and I made 50 saves. So it goes down as my, you know, I think that save by on Carpenter kind of springboarded me to a lot of confidence. And, uh, and I end up, you know, going to Edmonton and playing a really good game that night and stopping 50 shots, even though we lost. And, and I kind of, carry that on uh, for the rest of the year. And Dan, like I mentioned in your intro, I've really enjoyed your work during the Winter Olympic Games. What's it like doing a, an event of that magnitude? Oh, wow. It, was, it is so great. I mean, the first one that I got called to, I was working at ESPN, 
And uh, my agent at the time was Lloyd Friedland, and he called and said, hey, CBS called, and they would like you to go to Nagano to do the Olympics. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that is unbelievable. So I was literally, before there was a between-the-benches spot, um, CBS and the World Feed uh, put me between the benches right there in Nagano. For all the games that we did on CBS, I was between the benches with no glass on either side. and. John Davidson was our main analyst up in the booth, and I was down below, and it was so much fun. Uh, JD and I had such a great time in, in Nagano, and, and just the culture and the food and just the spirit uh, that they all had there in Nagano for, for the game of hockey, especially because Gretzky was on that team and Patrick Waugh and, you know, all the Hall of Famers on Team Canada and the USA and, you know, Sweden and the Czechs. The Czechs won that year with... Uh, with Dominic Hasek standing on his head. So uh, that was great. 2002 with the with NBC was a lot of fun as well with uh, Salt Lake City. Canada won their first gold, and Wayne Gretzky was in charge of that. And, they, you know, it was such a great game against the Americans in, in, uh, in the final. So, uh, you know, that was, that was good too because I was also in the same position I was before in 98. And, um, and then in 2010, Canada called me and CTV and uh, uh, TSN and, uh, they called and said, would you want to go as a, as an analyst in the studio, which was right at the rink, right above the, right above where the golden goal was scored by Sidney Crosby on, on Ryan Miller. And so Bob McKenzie, Nick Kiprios and myself were the between periods analysts and we just had a blast there in Vancouver. So really a tremendous memories. Very lucky to be able to do that and, and go to the Olympics and just see what that was all about because that is the, you know, those are highlights of any broadcaster's dreams and, and career for sure. And Darren, have you had an opportunity? Uh, I think you have, but I, I was trying to find uh, some examples of you working alongside Doc Emmerich, because Doc to me is like the Vince Scully of hockey. Do you get an opportunity to work with Doc? Many, many times over, and uh, and he is he's he is a Vince Scully. He's a special person. I'm glad you asked about Doc because even though we weren't regular partners all the time, because while I was at ESPN, you know he was uh, boy he was at Fox. He did some games for ESPN. Uh, I did some games with him at NBC and NBC Sports Network. Um, incredibly talented, passionate. Uh, and people think because he's, you know, I mean, he's got such a way with words and he loves the artistry of the game. But he loves the scraps in the game. He loves the toughness in the game. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, grew up in the minor leagues and, and, you know, the East Coast Hockey League, or I think back then it might have been called the Federal League and the American Hockey League and whatever. So he's, he'd grown up admiring the tough aspects of the game. And, uh, and so I, I just love talking hockey with Doc and uh, what a special career he had. So just, uh, obviously one of the all time greats in any sport. And that's why he's, uh, he left the game, um, with such honor and, and just how he was, just applauded by so many people. So, yeah, good on Doc. And in fact, in the summertime, I've got a little summer place in Michigan. And he's only about an hour away. So all that time he's lived in Michigan and traveled from there, um, almost on that uh, that Sarnia uh, border uh, between the the U.S. and, and Canada. So um, I'll make sure I I'll make sure when I see Doc that I mention that uh, we did the show and that he uh, that his name got brought up because I'm sure he'd be delighted. Yeah, and. <laughs> I'd certainly love to have an opportunity to talk to him. So plant that seed for me if you would. No problem. Um, I will absolutely do that. I'll I'll lean him in your direction. 
I appreciate you. Darren, a couple more before I let you go. We, obviously, we need to talk about the St. Louis Blues, 24-19-7, fighting for uh, a playoff spot. Give, give us uh, your thoughts. Is this, is this a team that could make a run at another Stanley Cup? I, I believe they could make a run at it. I, I believe that they are not the team they were in 2019 um, because just just quite frankly, because of the D at that time. I mean, having big Colton Pareko, uh with Jay Bowmeister and Alex Petrangelo uh, there, they, they just covered a lot of space. But in saying all that, they still have what's necessary to win. There's a certain amount of pride and stubbornness that they have, and they're playing like a team again. You remember in 2019 at the beginning of the year, there was one point where I was between the benches, and I remember how frustrated the players were. Mike Gill was the coach. Craig Berube was the assistant. And the players just, they just weren't playing for one another. They're, they'd added several players like Bozak and Maroon and, and O'Reilly. And I remember on the air saying something, and it was kind of a bold statement by me, but I, uh, John Kelly asked me from the booth, what's going on down there at the bench? And I just kind of blurted out. I said, John, until these players check their ego at the door, and start playing for the front of the sweater instead of the back of the sweater. I said, they're not going anywhere. I said, that's what they're going to have to do. And, and, and I, I just, I said it and then I kind of, whoa, I got back to my spot and I thought, wow, that was a little bit bold. But, you know, it ended up being a, a truthful statement. And the players later I talked to and they, they admitted that, that there were so many new players that they, they weren't playing for one another. Well, this year, we have so many new young players, Jordan Cairo. I mean, Robert Thomas was, was there before, Sammy Blay. Um, you've got young defensemen like Nico Mikola. So to go, these players are learning how to play the game that the St. Louis Blues play. That's why I'm optimistic that the Blues can challenge anybody. I believe they can with Bennington and Nett. And I believe people, you know, have really noticed how good Justin Falk is. Um, and as long as Colton Preco is healthy, which it looks like he's getting there, then I think we can defend with the best of them out there and we can challenge anybody. So in answering your question, I do believe that the Blues will give it their best shot and have a chance to beat any one of these teams. Darren, um, back to golf for one more question before I let you go. Your son Tyler is an assistant golf pro at Raritan uh, Valley Country Club up in New Jersey. How's Tyler doing? Wow, that's really great. Yeah, he's doing fantastic. Um, uh, Tyler's got a, a baby girl that's, uh, almost 10 months old and another one on the way. And he, uh, he went to St. Peter's College in New Jersey on a golf scholarship. And that's where he met his wife. That's why he lives in New Jersey. Um, he was at, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Glen Echo here in St. Louis. Um, it, it hosted the, the first Olympic Games where uh, a Canadian beat an American on the, I think the 16th or 15th hole. And it's a uh, uh, beautiful little old country club. So he was there. And then he went over to Heron Glen. Uh, I think that's a Kemper sports property in New Jersey before he, uh, before he's posted to his house and, and over there at Raritan Valley. So Tyler's doing fantastic. He loves the game. He loves teaching. He's great with kids. He's got more patience than, uh, than the average person by a country mile. So he's a, he's a special kid and I appreciate you asking that. He, he also uses the Mira baby blades and he has used them for years. Loves the smaller of the blades from Mira and, uh, never, doesn't take him out of his bag. 
Well, Darren, before I let you go, let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing and follow you, whether it's it's online or it's over social media. Well, thank you for saying that. It's uh, on Twitter, it's at Panger40, and on uh, on Instagram, it's uh, Darren R. Pang. Um, I, I I really I tie in mostly with uh, uh, with Twitter just because the information hockey people and and what you get for whether it's stats or research or games and everything, everything driven for my, for my work is really a lot on, uh, on, on Twitter. But, uh, those are the two ways. Um, obviously I work for Bally Sports Midwest here in St. Louis and, and, uh, I do some work with NHL Network as well. But, um, everybody knows that they can find me on the golf course. I, I belong to Meadowbrook Country Club here in St. Louis and, uh, a course called, um, Prestwick Village. Golf club in uh, in Highland Township, Michigan, that I spend the summers with. So, I uh, everybody knows that that that's what I do. I I, I putt, I bring clubs, I I play golf, and uh, and I love the game of hockey. And so, pretty good combination. So, um, I, I people can find me there. That's for sure. Well, Darren, it has been a huge thrill having you as part of this show tonight. I hope you'll come back sometime, share more of your stories and uh, your insights with us. You're fantastic. I will anytime. I, you know, I, 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 honest to goodness, I, some of my friends say, I think you only work in hockey just to pay for your golf. I said, maybe that's the case. <laughs> so, <laughs> no but doubt. thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been fun, uh, following you and thanks for all the, uh, shout outs that you give to, uh, uh, to all the, you know, to all of us that, uh, uh, that are on social media and, uh, that, that certainly gives us a big boost and I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Darren. Take care, my friend. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you, you again soon. Sounds See good. You, Darren. Have a good night. Okay, bye-bye. You too. That's Darren Pang at Panger40 on, uh, on social media. And, uh, folks, you, you want to talk about a great broadcaster and, uh, and a guy that's got so many great stories and, um, brings such great insight to now, obviously to both games, right? Hockey and golf. So, Hopefully we get the privilege of having Darren back on the show again soon. And like I say, follow him and check him out. Um, you're going to really enjoy the things that, that he puts out there over social media. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks go out to Tom Patrick, Tom Pertzer, Rob Strano, and Darren Pang for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetee.net, to keep up to date with what my guest schedule looks like. And scheduled to join me next week are Brent Dornford, who is the marketing director for a course that's on the top of my bucket list and, and is probably on yours as well. And that's Old Head over in Ireland. Go check it out online, folks. Oldhead.com. Brent joined me a couple of years ago and it's going to be great catching up with him. Also joining me is going to be Evan Schiller. He'll be on the show for the first time. And Evan is a, is a wonderful PGA professional, played his college golf at the University of Miami and may just be the best photographer on the planet now, and, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Go online to Evan Schiller, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R, EvanSchillerPhotography.com to check out his fantastic works. And then we'll round out next week's show with a return visit from orthopedic specialist Stu Sakowitz. Folks, if you've got back, hip, knee, or foot pain before, during, and after your rounds, you're going to want to hear what Stu has to say. Folks, it's, uh, I tell you what, it's, it's a, a huge honor doing this show tonight with these great guests and then the folks that I get to look forward to spending time with 
next week. I hope you'll come back and be a part of the show with us. Um, you can stream the show as a podcast on a number of great sites and apps out there like podcast.co, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Odyssey, Player.fm. Folks, if you've got a favorite podcasting app, we're probably on it. Just type in next on the T in the search bar. You'll probably find us there. And folks, if you enjoy the show, please do me a favor and go online to podcastmagazine.com and vote for the show and their hot 50 list. Go to podcastmagazine.com and you're going to be able to see right there at the top hot 50 list. And if you click on it, you're going to get a little drop down menu and it'll take you to where you can vote and just type in the name of the show next on the T and then the host name, obviously mine, Chris Mascaro. I would very much appreciate your support. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to the show tonight. We know there's a lot of great golfing content out there. I really appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the Tee a part of it. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.